Let's get to our top story. Bruce Bandman, the BC United MLA for Abbotsford South, has crossed the floor to join the Conservative Party of BC. Bandman will now join BC Conservative leader John Rustad in the legislature and now with two members will be granted official party status, which means more money, resources, staff and attention for the party. Bandman was the BC United critic for emergency management and climate readiness. He was elected in 2020 and is a former Abbotsford mayor. He spoke to our colleague Mike Smith today and was asked why he decided to leave his party. Take a listen. I was unable to be an advocate on behalf of those who elected me. Um, And there was one particular vote um, where it, it really wasn't even a legislative vote. And Um, I was told, if you are not in favor of this vote, uh, you must leave the building. You you cannot vote against. And I just kept going back to that. And um, I was humiliated. And and I will say, when I thought about my grandparents, I was also ashamed that I did not speak up on behalf of those in this community that wanted me to speak up on that particular issue. And which is which issue? That's just one example. Bruce, which issue was that? Which vote are you talking about there? Um, that was the divisive, um, hurtful vote, the, the wedge politics that the NDP put in that had to do with the convoy and, um, and how the pandemic was handled. That was uh, Bruce Bandman speaking to our colleague Mike Smith earlier today. Now, Mr. Bandman, on that very program, was also asked if he believes other BC United MLAs would follow his path and leave the party. Take a listen. Well, I don't imagine I'm going to be on the Christmas list coming up shortly for some of them. Let's face it. I mean, um, they, of course, they're going to be upset, um, but there are others, and I'll let them speak for themselves. I'm not the only one that is shown uh, increasing uh, discontent uh, within the party. Um, I'm not alone in that. I'm not alone in that. Well, lots to unpack on this developing story and no better than our next two guests to do the job. We're joined by Keith Baldry and Richard Zussman. Keith, of course, is Global BC's Legislative Bureau Chief and Richard Zussman is Global BC's Legislative Reporter. Keith, Richard, welcome. Hey, Jess. Uh, hey, Jess. Hi, Richard. Let me start with you first and foremost. Uh, what were you hearing over the last few days in regards to how this all sort of transpired? Yeah, so my understanding was uh, late last week into the weekend, uh, Bruce Bandman was growing increasingly frustrated with what was going on uh, internally. Uh, this comes following some substantial polls that we have seen that show uh, the BC Conservatives rising and BC United falling. In some cases, polls are showing that the Conservative Party of BC, if the election was held today, would do better province-wide than BC United would. And, and based on that combination of factors, that frustration around how Bandman felt treated within caucus and the fact that there seems to be a growing misfortune for the party, uh, he ultimately decided to air uh, that displeasure to the party brass uh, in the form of formally leaving uh, BC United to become uh, the second Conservative Party of BC MLA in the legislature. Hmm. Now, Keith, you and I have been talking about this issue privately uh, over the last month or so in regards to whether or not anybody would be leaving, um, at least uh, public here, public now that it's at least public. What do you make of all this at this point? Well, first of all, I don't 
quite, I don't think it's, you know, over the weekend, I was talking to a lot of people about this. There was a lot of chatter, as Richard was saying, a lot of chatter about it. it wasn't just Bannon. Other names have been kicked around as well. It wasn't about wit votes and about being forced to vote something one way or another. That's part of the parliamentary system. You buy into that once you become an MLA or an MP. I mean, this is how our system works. You do vote the way you're told to vote on a whip system. Uh, so I think the bigger, as Richard points out, the bigger issue here is this threat uh, from the B.C. Conservative Party, which is fueled in two ways. One was the ouster of John Rusted by Kevin Falcon from caucus, which of history in B.C., that doesn't always work out the way you think it's going to work out for either side. Mm-hmm. The second is this phenomenal growth in popularity of Pierre Poliev and the Conservatives at the federal level, which I think has had an, an inevitable uh, bleed-off effect in the B.C. and the fortunes of the B.C. Conservatives. And then the final factor is this continuing identity crisis the B.C. United Party has, where no one understands who they are, what they are. The average voter has no clue who they are. That was reflected in the by-election results. And I think you've got a bit of panic going on in the caucus, again, which I don't think is about with the votes or being people being treated one way or another. I think it's about self-preservation, that a number of MLAs are realizing, given the circumstances they find themselves, uh, if an election were held today, as a BC United MLA, they would face an uphill struggle, not just not against the NDP in their own backyard, but because they represent historically conservative areas, particularly at the federal level, which translates sometimes to the provincial level, which used to like, um, elect BC Liberals, but BC Liberals are no longer part of it. And they had inherited the Conservative vote for a long time. They're gone. Mm-hmm. Now the Conservative Party's there. And so you've got, a, I think, a number of MLAs who represent historically conservative areas in BC worried about their, their political future, not because of whip votes, but because the BC Conservatives pose a direct threat to this party that has yet to establish themselves. Hmm. Now, um, Richard, what does this mean for Mr. Falcon? Uh, it's he booted one MLAO, John Rostad. This one has left voluntarily. Um, can he still hold on, or do you think that's incredibly premature? I would expect that Kevin Falcon will be the leader of this party through the next provincial election, but mm-hmm. he's going to have a hard time here managing his caucus. You know, we've alluded to members that are currently sticking around that have talked about what comes next for them. That may be joining the BC Conservatives, although when I asked Kevin Falcon that today, he's insistent he does not believe any more people are leaving. But the more likely outcome, Jazz, could be uh, some MLA saying, I'm going to go run federally for the Conservative Party and leave provincial politics, uh, which could leave a hole uh, in caucus for BC United. Some of that will be based on the timing of the next federal election, but it will also be crucial to watch clearly. So there's going to be some mending of the fences that needs to be done to try to shore up uh, the right wing of the party. And, And what that may mean in the big picture, Jazz, is that this party, BC United, feels compelled to shift to the right politically, uh, which will be the death knell for them because it will allow BC United to walk easily to victory in the next provincial election. And just, you know, it's not about the BC Conservatives winning a load of seats. This could potentially be about them gaining, you know, hundreds or thousands of votes in a certain writing mm-hmm. and altering the outcome because of that, that the NDP could win some of these ridings because traditional BC Liberal, now BC United voters move BC Conservative and the NDP, like we saw in the last election, walks through and wins these seats like in Abbotsford and Chilliwack and Langley and Vernon. Mm-hmm. That list could continue to grow 
And that would mean post-election, Kevin Falcon would have a very, very hard time holding on to his job as leader. You're speaking to Richard Zussman and Keith Baldry. You were talking about Bruce Banman, the BC United MLA, former BC United MLA, I guess. He's crossed the floor to join the Conservative Party of BC. Uh, Keith and Richard, I want to pick up on uh, comments made before the uh, commercial break. And uh, this is a question for you, Keith. How do you attract, how do you, first of all, convince your present MLAs to stick around and run in the next election if the, the, the polling numbers, directly or indirectly, show that you're neck and neck with BC Conservatives? And secondly, how do you attract quality candidates moving forward when it, it, when it looks like you're in a very tight race? Both are challenges. Uh, the second one is a particular challenge because you're asking people to basically give up the day job, quit your job, and come join us at a time when it looks anything but certain that your party's going to deliver the goods to be government. Well, many people, there's been many people over the years who quit their jobs with the allure that they're going to be in government, and they ended up being in opposition. So getting candidates at the best of times is a challenge for any party. Hang, holding the caucus together, I agree with Richard earlier, it's going to be tough for Kevin Falcon. If the polls continue the way they are, if the poly of magic effect continues to have a, a afterglow effect on the B.C. Conservative Party and keeps them in the game ahead or even tied with the B.C. United in a series of polls, it's going to be hard, I think, to hang on to some of these candidates within the caucus, particularly when they look at their long-term political futures. Is it best to hang with a party that no one knows, simply because it's a hangover from a party? that used to be in power, or is it better to go with a party that historically, at the federal level, does quite well in B.C.? And that's the conservative brand. Mm -hmm. The conservative brand, federally, is very strong in the Kootenays, in the, the Caribou, the Interior, the Okanagan, and the North, and the Peace. With a couple of exceptions, the Conservatives own that area and have so for decades at the federal level. The provincial mm-hmm. level, a different story. We haven't had the provincial Conservatives as any factor for years. They were supplanted first by the Social Credit Party, then by the B.C. Liberal Party. But the Liberals are now gone. The landscape is more open. The Conservatives seem to be making a comeback. And therefore, this fertile land out there federally is theirs for the taking potentially provincially. And that's why I think keep your eye on the MLAs in those areas I just named, mm-hmm. whether or not they make the jump. It's it Now, it takes a, a lot of nerve and a lot of courage to make that jump. It doesn't happen nearly as often people might think it would happen. You've been on a caucus, Jazz. Mm-hmm. The caucus discipline can take over. The riot act's going to be read out. But I'll tell you, it's a challenge for Kevin Falcon to keep this thing together. Uh, in the months ahead, if not in the weeks ahead. We're headed into a session in a couple of weeks. The NDP is going to m- be merrily chortling on the other side, calling uh, on which one of you is going to cross next. I mean, they're going to be teasing the United MLA. Who's going to go first? Uh, so it's going to be a lively, lively affair on that front. No, absolutely. Um, Richard, one of the things that Kevin Falcon in a release today said that, that in regards to um, Mr. Bandman, there was an internal management issue. Uh, how much of this lies at the feet of Todd Stone, the House leader, in that perhaps Mr. Bandman could have been better managed. And that, you know, I was hearing behind the scenes that, you know, there's a dismissiveness towards him, not just from the, the BC United, even the opposition, sorry, the government MLAs uh, from the NDP are rather dismissive. And the, you know, it does take some sort of management of people when you have a caucus. Do you think any of this lies at the feet of, of Mr. Stone or just the way they've handled things internally with that uh, with that coalition? 
Yeah, as you know, Jazz, it can be a lonely job, right? You mm-hmm. leave your home and you're riding, you come to Victoria, you have these intense sessions where you are attending meetings with your colleagues, you're attending meetings with stakeholders, you're meeting with journalists. There's an intensity there, and it's a very different job than a lot of people are used to. Uh, and balancing personalities, you know, many times these people come from their communities. They were the mayor, or they were a prominent business person in the community, or a fire chief. And all of a sudden, they come to Victoria, and they may be a backbencher, or they may have a role that they believe is smaller than what they're worth. And all of that uh, makes it challenging for leadership. And you mentioned Todd Stone. He is the BC United House leader. Mm-hmm. He has responsibility to ensure that those in his caucus, you know, are kept busy, that their issues are heard, that if they have private members legislation, it comes up, that they get a chance to speak in question period. And clearly they knew they had an issue with Bruce Bandman and his personality, and that was not dealt with particularly well. Uh, the same was said about the issues they had with John Rustad. Um, and so, sure, you can blame Todd Stone, but it's it's much, much, much larger than that. I would put this uh, largely square on the shoulders of Kevin Falcon, mm-hmm. who promised to do things differently. He is the leader. Yeah. He has a responsibility to lead both internally and externally. Uh, so I think... It's better suited to put pressure there, but also remembering that this can be a challenging job and ensuring that those personalities are fed, those egos are fed in some cases, so that you don't have a mass exodus that can have a long-term impact on your party. There is a chance here, Jazz, and we've sort of alluded to this, that if things go a certain way, the BC, the Conservative Party of BC could become the predominant centre-right party of British Columbia and, in essence, wipe BC United off the map. We, we saw it with the Social Credit Party, uh, and we could see it once again here. Will that happen? I'm not sure. BC United is raising a lot more money than the Conservatives are. Kevin Falcon's an established leader. But we could be at that that time now, and as Keith spoke to, the Conservative Party federally has such a strong brand. Mm-hmm. There is a chance here for the first time in my lifetime that we could see, you know, or at least my lifetime in BC politics, that we could see that transition to a new dominant centre-right party. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I just don't think you have enough Conservative voters in this in this province to guarantee you a majority government. And the federal Liberal part of that coalition was always the swing vote. It worked for ABC at the municipal level. They got one power back from Vision, who also was able to attract that federal no, vote. It, Rich, right? Richard's right, though. We could be at a, a point here where you could see a sea change, not replacing the the party to become government, but fracturing yes. the, the side. And we saw that historically in BC politics up until the 1950s. The NDP are now attracting that federal vote, one would argue, and they've sort of yeah. brought in their coalition. So they're sitting where they're sitting very comfortably. I mean, it's a center-right or that older free enterprise coalition that once was that coalition. And now you're right. It's much more polarized, that's for sure. Uh, Keith, Richard, thank you. All right. Take care. All right. That is Thanks, Keith Baldwin.